Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. You know, I've been talking about earned media value for quite some time on this podcast. My friends at Eisenberg have just raised the bar on earned media benchmarks with their social index. Social Index now gives you globally earned media values across a growing list of six geographies for all your KPIs across the top seven social platforms, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Snapchat, TikTok, Twitter, and YouTube. You can now visualize these values for deeper analysis, and they have a look-back window over two years of historical comparisons. Social Index is updated daily. Don't get stuck with old data. Over 1,000 companies have used the Social Index to understand the ROI of their social campaigns. And if you work with a social agency, you should demand they incorporate earned media values into your reports. Get your earned media value for social content. Visit earnedmediavalues.com slash Allen. Again, that's earnedmediavalues.com slash A-L-A-N. For all of us, it's about predicting where the consumer is going and getting half of it right. One of the things we want to do is create ads that don't suck. Embracing change creates great possibility. I'm Alan Hart, and this is Marketing Today. Today on the show, I've got Alana Joseph. She's the Senior Marketing Manager at HubSpot, responsible for marketing and operations of the HubSpot Podcast Network. So on the show today, we talk a lot about her role in driving brand awareness and increasing listenership for the network and its shows, why they're starting a network, and how does the acquisition of The Hustle, which also came with My First Million podcast, fit into their corporate strategy around content creation and helping their users become better users of their software and better business people. So I hope you enjoy this conversation with Alana Joseph. Alana, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> so we were just laughing earlier. I'm not going to say this word because I, I'm afraid I will we'll butcher it. But I hear you have this unique ability to use either of your hands to do different things. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so tell me about this. So I'm ambidextrous and we don't really know. I don't really know if I was born right-handed or left-handed. But at some point in my life, maybe when I was a toddler, my dad taught me to use the other hand. So I'm like a, I was taught to be ambidextrous. And my dad had baseball and softball <laughs> in mind. So it was more so that I could pitch 
and throw with both hands. And so what ended up happening is that now I'm just confused (laughs) because I write with my left hand, but when it comes to sports, I have to figure out which side is my most powerful side. And it, it differs depending on the activity or sport. I can write with my right hand, but it's just, it's not as neat. It doesn't look as good. I was just going to think I mean, so that would play very well with sports, especially basketball. My, my daughter plays basketball. And like, if you could do layups with either hand, you would be like unbelievable in the court. So shout out to my dad. he had sports championships in his mind it sounds like (laughs) yes he did I said well why did you do that and he said well I didn't want you to have a weak side so I don't know what that means (laughs) it's always nice to meet somebody that has unique abilities let's talk business and career Um, you are leading the HubSpot uh, podcast network but what was the career journey to end up managing the HubSpot podcast network? If you looked at my LinkedIn, I don't think that like I didn't have a very typical career path or journey. I really just found the intersection of what makes me happy and what brings me joy and my talents. So I've always loved storytelling. I was an avid reader as a kid and uh, I really enjoyed writing as well. And so I studied English and communication in college and after college, figured out I was a pretty decent writer and became a journalist. But from there, I really loved the stories of businesses and entrepreneurs. And I found that to be incredibly interesting. There are so many just good stories around businesses. And so I decided, you know, I think I want to work instead of for a publisher, for a brand, and enter the field of content marketing. And from there, I became a content strategist and found my way to HubSpot. And when I came to HubSpot last year, they really challenged me to take on podcasts. And I love podcasts because, once again, really great stories being told there by some awesome content creators and i thought what a what a great form of content i really want to be a part of this um we had some success in marketing the podcast i was working with and then uh, the company decided to really expand its audio offerings and bring more value to the hubspot community through audio so i thought that was a a great idea and from there the hubspot podcast network was born Transitioning from the written word to audio, I mean, that's, I obviously there's a correlation, but that's a pretty big step. Any, like, any, any lessons learned as you made that transition? Because um, you hadn't, it didn't sound like you had done audio work before, but maybe you had in journalism. I know there's a lot of people that shoot and write. So when I was a journalist, I actually did a lot of interviews and and had those audio recordings, but also did some marketing around podcasting prior to HubSpot. But HubSpot was the first time that I was exclusively working on podcasts. And you're right, there is a difference between the written word and audio content. But the podcast industry is booming. And there is a reason behind that. Audio content is engaging. And there's a way that you can capture your audience and retain their attention for a really long amount of time which is incredible, especially in today's 
digital media world. So I thought that podcast was incredibly interesting, but you're right, there was a little bit of a learning curve, which is to be expected when you take on any new project. And uh, the reason being is because podcasting is, is special and unique in that you have an RSS feed and that content that you upload to that feed is then sent to over a large amount of listening platforms where your content is actually consumed. So as a marketer, when I think about that, podcasting has its, it requires unique strategies for marketing. It requires something special for, to really be able to grow an audience and reach new audience members. So yes, there was a learning curve, but I definitely enjoyed that learning curve. And I had a lot of support around me through my amazing co-workers that, you know, I was, I was able to kind of manage that, that learning curve. HubSpot is in my books, the king of SEO and inbound marketing. And I had had a, a long time ago, had another person on who I guess played a role at HubSpot in the marketing world before he took his, the job we were talking about. I think he's now gone on to another place as well. Um, so that tells you how long ago I talked to him. But I've always known them as somebody that's kind of king for that. How does how does content play a role for HubSpot? And I know you guys have also, in addition to launching this podcast network, you've made the acquisition of The Hustle. And I'm just curious how that plays a role into the company's long-term strategy. So I think that one thing that I love about working for HubSpot is that I truly believe that the company has a desire to help people be successful, to help businesses be successful. And so within the fabric of HubSpot is kind of this genuine desire to positively affect people's lives. And when you talk about HubSpot being the king of SEO, that's really because HubSpot was built on the belief that you earn attention by being of value to your audience. Hence, inbound marketing. And so when it comes to content, I think that HubSpot as a CRM platform is a very easy to use tool. And we want everyone to use that tool clearly, but because of the desire to help people be successful, we go above and beyond in creating content for our community that, that will help them do that. And so that's really where the hustle acquisition comes in, but also the podcast network. How can we continue to bring value to our, our audiences? And, you know, as just as product requirements have grown and changed over time, so have people's content needs and people are going to podcasts to look for that, to solve their problems and seek inspiration. And so it only makes sense that we create some great audio content that can help people find success. Yeah, it makes sense. It's a kind of natural extension of what you're good at to begin with, creating good content to help people be successful. What role does the podcast network play? I mean, it's not all, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's not all of your own content. You're, you're partnering with other folks. And so how do you think about hosts and different types of shows, et cetera? When we decided to expand our audio offerings, we also saw that there are incredible business podcasters that are already doing what, what we desire to do, which is to educate and inspire their audiences to be successful. And so 
with so much alignment there, we thought, hey, why don't we bring these content creators into the fold, welcome them into the HubSpot podcast community, and continue to bring value to our audiences. And so uh, we're very, I was very happy to do so because all of our hosts and all of the shows that are part of the podcast network, like My First Million and Entrepreneurs on Fire, Being Boss, Business Infrastructure, all of these shows have incredible hosts that are inspiring, that are have this advanced knowledge that they're so willing to share with their audiences. And so it's been incredible working with them. And so I think um, now that we're a network, also there are benefits to that, which is now we are a community. We're a community of podcasters with everyone having the same goal. And so there's a lot of opportunities that that creates when you have that community. And so, um, uh, yeah, it's been a joy working with these shows and our hosts. You've got this network. Some of the podcasts were acquired like uh, or through the hustle deal with My First Million. You've got others that are kind of in the fold. How are you working with all these various hosts and content creators? It has been a joy to work with our shows and our hosts. Um, I am their point of contact. So I've really kind of built relationships and gotten to know them and The way that we work is essentially we create custom ads for their shows. So um, we didn't want to say like, hey, read this script. And we didn't want these ads to feel robotic. But because we truly believe that these hosts are providing their audience with valuable strategic plays to make within business in their career, that it only makes sense that their audience also has a tool to do so. And so because those things go so well together, we don't want the ad to feel like it's not a part of the show. And so what we do is we work with the host and we create uh, these custom ads that then they place into their shows. And so along with meeting them regularly and helping them and supporting their show in, in whatever way that they need, that's really how we work together. And I think so far it's, it's gone really well. I'm assuming promoting the Hub, HubSpot and what HubSpot provides, but it sounds like they're also potentially promoting the HubSpot podcast network. So there's like a cross promotion growth angle for them as well. Yeah. So they promote the HubSpot podcast network, um, but they also promote each other. The network is really about creating a community for collaboration. We're all aligned on what our goals are. And so that, like I said, it makes it very easy to work together. And so we're really figuring out as a network how we can create more opportunities for our shows to grow by creating opportunities for collaboration between them. I know you're early in in this process and, and you're just, you're doing a bunch of tests. What's the vision look like? Like how many shows do you think you'll be in the network eventually? Or, or how, maybe that's not even the right way to think about it. Like how do you think about the end state of where you're trying to drive towards? I think that this network was an incredible idea that HubSpot created to create this audio destination for business professionals. And we are just at the beginning and we are growing and growing and growing. I don't know when that growing is going to stop, but honestly, I hope it doesn't stop. 
it seems to be incredibly beneficial for HubSpot, for the, sh for the hosts, the shows, everyone involved. So I think that we're really looking to scale these efforts and find ways to provide even more value to our community, to podcast listeners. Alana, I mean, working in podcasts and, and a community of podcasters has to be, I mean, the epitome of herding cats. Like, like I'm sure everyone has a different process. I mean, I've got friends that are podcasts. None of us use the same process. None of us use the same tools necessarily. What have you learned like diving into this network of podcasts? When we launched the podcast or before we launched the podcast, because of what you just said, I knew that we would need incredibly flexible operational models because every all of these teams, you're right, they have a different cadence of like when they publish shows, they have different production calendars, they have different workflows, different teams. So in order for us to really support each of these teams, we have to be flexible. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. And we have to build operational systems that can manage that. And so with that, you know, I think Asana has been incredibly useful for us as we communicate with all our, our different podcast hosts. And then, you know, we've just, from the beginning, I think because we've, told them, hey, like we want to be flexible and, and meet your needs. Uh, let us know how we can do that. I've also found that it is not hard working with our podcast teams at all. All of our hosts are great and also flexible and also adaptable. And so as we launched this, it has been a combination of both us trying to adapt to the workflow and processes of a podcast team, but also that team being flexible with us. And so it hasn't been like herding cats at all. It's actually been much more seamless than I probably would have initially thought. So that's a kudos to our podcast hosts who are so gracious and easy to work with. Um, they make it very easy for me to do my job. That's good. I mean, it's definitely a lot of moving pieces, though. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. That is, <laughs> that is very true. But I think that we've we figured out how to keep it going and make sure that we have some seamless workflows. And of course, when you launch any new project, there are times when you're like, okay, the way this workflow is working for us, but we can certainly 
make it more efficient and effective by doing X. And so there's been a lot of iteration as well. And that's been because of the relationships that we have to our podcast shows where they give us feedback and we're able to quickly adapt to that feedback. So we've only gotten better over time, but even at the beginning, I wouldn't say it was still very easy to work with our hosts. Okay. If other brands are considering this that might be listening to you, like maybe not building a network per se, but they want to list the work with podcasters. Is there anything like advice you'd give them on how lessons learned or, or things you've learned along the way that might be helpful for them to think about? Possibly like we just kind of the, the question and answer we just had, which is if you're going to work not just with podcasters, but any content creators, one, it's like you're working with this content creator because you already love their work. You already love their content. So you're not really coming to the table being like, you know, asking them to make editorial shifts. It's more so how can I help and support you as you make this content and what can I do from our end to be of support? And it makes a great dynamic between the brand and the content creator. And also, like we said, having a flexible operational model where you can adapt to the workflows of your creators is incredibly important, especially as you scale. Because sure, working with five podcast teams may at first feel hard, but it has to be easy because if you scale up to 20, then you need to have an operational model that will allow you to scale and be adaptable to everyone's different workflow. Great advice. And as a podcaster myself, I, I love the, you know, you already like the podcaster and their content, you know, respect that a little bit, <laughs> support them, figure out how you can support them. Exactly. And now we've had like, that's been great for us because everyone that we've brought into the network we already love their content. I already listened to their show. I think that it's fantastic. I think that the host is fantastic. And that's the why they're a part of the network. So the rest is really downhill from there. <laughs> awesome. We love to get to know the person behind the microphone and behind the business topics we're talking about. So I want to switch gears with you and um, ask you what has become my favorite question to ask people. Has there been an experience of your past that defines or makes up who you are today? I wouldn't say it's an experience. I would say it's people. There have been people in my life that have made me who I am today. And from a business standpoint, I have been really lucky and humbled by the fact that I have had extraordinary mentors. I've had really great bosses that challenged me, helped me grow help me think about things differently. And so it's not really one experience, maybe multiple experiences that I had with one person that allowed me to grow into the professional I am today. So I can't think of one experience and I can't think of one person. Uh, maybe off the top of my head, it would be four or five people that I think have helped me get to where I am today. It certainly is it's your solo career journey, but it's actually not that solo. Um, you need support. And, and I think that I'm really grateful to them. And how that relates to the network is that our hosts really act as like on-demand mentors, which is something I really love because as a professional, you need mentors, you need guidance. And so having 
these podcast hosts be kind of on-demand mentors, people that you can listen to and walk away with some guidance, I think is incredibly important. It's just one more reason why um, I think the network is great. If you were starting this career journey all over, what advice would you give your younger self? I would tell my younger self, don't stress out so much about the future (laughs) because like your main focus should be to find what makes you happy and to find out what you're good at and everything else will line up. I never would have thought when I was in college that this is what I would be doing, but I'm very happy doing it. And so stressing myself out in college and thinking about where I'd be my five-year plan, my 10-year plan. I mean, just relax, you know, like enjoy your life and the things will come. Just try to be the best that you can be in every present moment and all those moments will add up to success. I wish I knew that so that I wasn't so hard on myself about knowing what my future was supposed to look like. Is there a topic that you think other marketers should be learning more about or that you're spending time learning more about? I have a big interest in neuroscience. And I think that neuroscience and psychology are things that you need to know as marketers. Why do people behave the way that they behave? How can we kind of look at consumer behavior and not only think about how our campaigns can reach them, but how our campaigns can affect them and make some positive changes? in their lives, or it maybe just spark joy. Um, and I think that that's, that's incredibly interesting to me. And that's something that I'm certainly learning more about. And, and what I think everyone should kind of think about, um, I think we get so tied in as, as marketers is just thinking about the leads and thinking about the campaign, but there's a human part of it that I'm, I'm really interested in, in leaning more into in terms of my marketing skills and, and my strategies. As a psych major undergrad who thought he was going to be a clinical psychologist, I can't agree more. (laughs) (laughs) Well, maybe you should be giving me some insights here. No, no, no. It's a, it's a journey. It's a lifelong journey. I'll say that. But like, I agree with you. I agree with you. I think uh, psychology and neuroscience and how the brain works, frankly, in, you know, in modern day with the good and the bad with things like social media, it really starts to highlight as marketers to your point, like how are we sparking joy in people's life and how are we adding real value? And because you can do that and market at the same time. It doesn't have to be about just taking their dollars. <laughs> exactly. And that's what I'm in about. You know, we, we think about leads and we're like, oh, I want this campaign to really everyone click on this one thing, please. But then, you know, kind of peeling that back and thinking about who is the human that is seeing this and how is this going to hopefully spark some joy or bring some value to their life? And I think that for me, the podcast network is a way of doing that, of creating content that brings value. And if you listen to some of our hosts, they definitely spark some joy um, with their energy. But I think that it's, it's great to think of marketing in that way. I agree. Are there brands or companies or causes that you're following or you think other people should take notice of? 
The one cause that I think is still very top of mind for me is the Black Lives Matter movement. And I think that there was a lot of momentum around this movement, especially last year, in which people were actively seeking Black-owned businesses. And that was wonderful. What is the longevity of that? Black entrepreneurs are still underfunded. So I think that it's still a cause that is top of mind for me. And as I navigate through my profession in thinking about, is there any way that me as Alana Joseph, that I can move the needle? What does that look like for me? How can I take the things that I'm passionate about, my talents, and be able to bring some value to this cause? And that's that's a really heavy question for me and hasn't take a day to answer that. But it's something that I'm always thinking about and hopefully am finding more solutions to be able to provide value to that movement and that cause. Because I'm hoping that people don't forget that this is something that created long lasting change, but it can't be that if we don't continue the awareness. And so for me, that's the cause that I'm really passionate about. I don't know if there's a, a blooming partnership here or not, but I I can only imagine that like what you're doing with the podcast network of bringing these, giving more voice and community to these group of mentors that you've talked about that can help black entrepreneurs. Um, I'm sure HubSpot as a tool can help them. And I just recently was interviewing the CMO of um, lunch club, which I don't know if you know much about them, but they're um, kind of a, a networking tool using AI to connect people in real life and online, kind of a, a accelerator business network. And they've shown it to be helpful in particular for people that are in underrepresented populations. Um, and so anyway, I don't know that maybe there's a partnership there in the future. We'll see. That sounds really cool. Um, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. And I think that as much as we can be intentional about the work that we do and how that can not only affect our lives and in our bank accounts, but think about how it can, how our professions can affect the community at large. Um, I think that that's incredibly important, something that I strive to do. And I'm glad that at HubSpot, that's also something that is a priority for the company. And so that makes me feel really good. Last question for you, again, speaking to the marketers that are listening to this, what do you think is maybe the largest opportunity or threat that they face today? I'll tell you why I think it's a little bit of an odd question. Because when you sign up to be a marketer, you are signing up to be a lifelong student. Every day, a new program comes out, a new feature that drastically, not even drastically, that changes how we market and how we reach people. So who knows what tomorrow's opportunity is going to be or next week's opportunity? You know, like over the summer, it was what Clubhouse, right? Everyone was trying to figure out Clubhouse. And now it's, you know, next week, it could be something totally different. So I think when you sign up to be a marketer, you are signing up for a thousand opportunities to learn and grow and figure out how to do your craft better. And you just, you cannot be good at this job and remained at a standstill when it comes to technology and development within marketing. And so, you know, it's hard because I'm like, well, you know, I don't know what the next offer, the largest opportunity is going to be at five o'clock. It might be something different <laughs> at six o'clock. 
I mean, is exactly. that true? Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, it can be. It can be true for sure. And I, I love, I mean, to your point, like if you're not in this to learn, you're in the wrong career. Right. Because there's always advancements within our industry and always like new tools. I mean, just in podcasting, the amount of tools that we use and the amount of software that comes out to improve how the industry works and how marketers can better track like listeners and, you know, all of these things. I mean, it changes from day to day. So it's just, if you like being on your toes, you know, be a marketer. Alana, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been fun. Yeah, it has been fun. Hi, it's Alan again. Marketing Today was created and produced by me with support from my team and podcast editors, sound engineers, and writers at Share Your Genius. Find them at shareyourgenius.com. If you're new to Marketing Today, please feel free to write us a review on iTunes or your favorite listening platform. Don't forget to subscribe on marketingtodaypodcast.com and tell your friends and colleagues about the show. I love to hear from listeners. You can contact me on marketingtodaypodcast.com. There you will also find complete show notes, links to what was discussed in the episode today, and you can search our archives. I'm Alan Hart, and this is Marketing Today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.